welcome back to another episode of Reptile and Chill. With me this week is the absolutely reliable Danny Wells. Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah, boy! Because Phelps, unfortunately, cannot be with us today. It's a fucking letdown. <laughs> No, guest, stop laughing. You're not being. What is it? Oh, is it... I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you've already no, dropped the no. F bombs because initially I was like, I'm sure whoa, these guys are cool. Whoa, cool whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa. We start this again. You haven't, even, you haven't even got a name guest at the moment. So back down. Go sit backstage. Stop laughing. Stand down. Stand yes. down. Yes. See you later. Mute your mic. God, what's it with the guests? You've been told. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Okay. You're still laughing. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> a little bit bad, actually. <laughs> we need to explain this better for the future. <laughs> We're so bad at this. So, unfortunately, Mike can't be with us this week. He's not a letdown. It's a family. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even a crisis or an emergency. He's just he, he, yeah. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be with us. Does a. It's a letdown. Yeah, it's an absolute yeah. letdown. He's not, he's, it's not even. It's not he even, didn't even. He didn't even tell me he wasn't coming on. I don't not, know why. It's not even a medical reason. Nothing. Like he's sickless, he just, he's he's gone. <laughs> he's just disappeared off the yeah. face of the planet. So if anyone's in Mike Phelps, let us know. And if the podcast goes to shit, you know who's to blame. Yep. Again. So before <laughs> we get into our guest, um, just a few things that I want to go through as per usual. So with the podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other decent podcasting platforms. There is a little bit of confusion. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you know this is the podcast. If it's the first time listening to it because you're dumb and you didn't realise this is the podcast, welcome. <laughs> uh, but we also have a live stream which is on Facebook and YouTube Wednesdays at 7pm UK time every mm-hmm. single week. That is not the podcast, this is the podcast. Um, if you want to help support the podcast, then please head on over to reptileandchill.com and look at our hoodies and t-shirts and all the bits of merchandise for sale. That helps us do what we do and obviously the profits of that we do put forward to charity as well. And also, if you don't know the difference between a live stream, video, and a podcast, you're a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> Stop <laughs> laughing. I heard that there in the background. Pipe down. <laughs> right, okay. So, because the guest cannot contain himself at all, <laughs> let's bring him in now, and then we'll do my feature. Let's do it. Do it. So, you know I can talk. Right, you can oh, talk. Okay. Can I talk? You can talk. Okay, brilliant. Good. <laughs> Who are you and what have you done with Michael Phelps? Okay, so uh, my name's Paul Greg Smith, founder of uh, Greg Smith Travels, Wildlife Tours, and the personal uh, co-founder of uh, Personal Development Essentials Podcast. Um, I've kidnapped uh, Mike, and that's why he's not here tonight. Right, Please okay. keep him. Now, he's in my gimp dungeon. Now, see, I'm keep quite him. scared because this bloke <laughs> organises tours and trips all over the world, which means that we, we, we're not going to find Phelps. Yeah, he ain't coming back. <laughs> oh. Okay, so let's get on to my feature. I'm getting the book. Okay. Uh, are we getting it straight out of the way, are we? Yeah, man. And it's painful. Oh, horse, horse is like, yeah, let's get it out of the way real quick. Yeah. Have you got this book, Paul? Which book? Have, have you got the Book of Snakes by Mark O'Shea? No, I haven't. I don't, Damn. I don't know. I might have. I've got a book by Mark O'Shea. Let me have a look. Well, no, we don't, it's, no, we're doing a book. We it's currently a it's currently on offer as well. I think it's like twenty pound on Amazon. Okay. Oh, really? That's a good price. Yeah, that's yeah, this delicious. one is uh, double that. And the rest? No, this one's this one's this one's got a price tag on the back. Well, I paid was it fifty pound. I paid for him. Forty no, pound. 
40 on the back. Hmm. That's actually not a bad price for a book like this. Yeah, no, so. send us a link. I'd love to have a look at that. Hardback as well. It's nice. It's a nice book. I like it. Right, hit me up, big boy. Paul. Yeah. I want you to give me a random number, but I want you to bear in mind that it goes up to, you know, what, what 600 and something? And 99 is an amazing number. 600 okay. and, it goes up to like 670. 99 is okay. a great 600, number. 660, okay? The is, back... is that a bit of subliminal? Okay, for some reason, uh, 99 is... Um... Yes! No, don't it's... say 99, because it's a freaking it's... Royal <laughs> Python. Um, no, you said it now. So the back is Vipers. No, you said um, it. Right, no. right, right I'm, I can do this one. <sighs> you ready? Mm-hmm. Python, Reg, yes. You absolute melt. <laughs> That's what you are. A melt. <sighs> Python right. Regis, aka Give me another Python. No, no one cares. Okay, seven. No one cares. Seven? Yeah. I think seven is a blank page. I'm not going to lie. Let's have a little look. Yep, seven. There's Okay, 69. Okay. <laughs> That's is that for any particular reason? or <laughs> No reason. That's the Cuban wood snake. Hoss, you've never had a 69. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Once. <laughs> With a magnum. Oh, that's a, oh, he's cool. Hello. He's a I, I nice little snake. One. Cuban wood snake. Go on, then. Yeah, me too. He's cool. Tropidophis Milan Aranus. I beg your pardon. Trop Milan. Tropidophis. Uh huh. Milanuranus. Milanurus. I was going to say, where have you put the extra N in the end? Milanurus. <laughs> You're like, I don't like this word as it is. I'm just going to put an N in there for no reason. <laughs> so the distribution is the West Indies in Cuba. Hmm. Yeah, that's, um, a, that's a cool snake. Do we do any trips to Cuba, Paul? Uh, we do. I haven't done any herp trips to Cuba, to Cuba yet, but I've sent plenty of people there on uh, on normal holidays. Mm. Okay, so this one goes three foot six inches. Mm -hmm. It likes to eat frogs, lizards, birds, small mammals, and the occasional tourist. Mm -hmm. um, it balls up as well. It's basically a Cuban raw python. It's mm -hmm. a nice little snake. Hmm. You know what? It's not too similar. It's not too far different. Dis the, um, dissimilar. Yeah, to what you call it, what they called now, um, the Santa Isabella Python uh, boas. <laughs> what? Uh, what they call the the ground boas. You know what I mean? Those um, Paul Sarno. Mm-hmm. It's very. It's quite similar to that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it is. Very similar. It's a nice, really nice snake. Right, okay, um, right, okay. I have, I have so, a bit of a doozy for you. Right, okay. It's probably endangered due to the introduction of goats. It's also probably endangered due to the way that Hoss just pronounced its binomial name. Guilty. <laughs> um, right. Enough of that one. Your next one is 258. Oh, fuck's and I'm looking forward to you just pronouncing the... Uh, the common name. 258. Mm-hmm. 
the Guatemalan spatula tooth snake. Yeah. Guatemalan okay. spatula tooth snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. The fuck up, but that. Scap Hygian Tofix Analatus. What the hell? What did you just say? Scap Hygian Tofix Analatus. I'm worried that you just offended someone in Greek. You know when you see someone on a TV show and they're speaking in a foreign language or whatever and. They, they're supposed to say, oh, can you show me which way it is to the swimming pool or something like that? And really, they say, your uncle is a goat that has three legs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what just happened there. <laughs> well, it's a distribution in North Central America, South Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, um, and all around those lovely places. Um, mm. It goes 27 to 36 inches in length. It likes to eat skinks. It, it likes a good old skink. Where um, did you find that bit? And I'm not oh, going to lie, it, it looks yeah. a little bit like a milk <clears throat> snake. It's like a cross well, between yeah. a milk and a... and a. I don't even well, know what the rest of that is. It's like, it's like a milk mm-hmm. snake, half a milk snake, and then someone cut that bit in half and then sewn it onto a whip snake or something, maybe. Mm. Yeah, it's literally... If you look at where the pattern changes... It's almost like they went on Photoshop Paint and just cut the the colour off and just what, made and the then, rest brown. Well, they only paid for like half a subscription, so they couldn't finish the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an unusual cool book. You know yeah, what? Going through this book as well, there are so many species that we haven't got in the hobby. Yeah, not in the hobby. There's so many species that I've just never even heard of, mate. Not all to of them, honest. to be honest. Hmm? All of them. Hell no. Hmm. I, know, I know three or four. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> I've uh, royally fucked that up this week. Let's get on with the show. You did you did struggle with that one, didn't you? I'm not being funny, point. right, but it's a spatula snake. That, it was never going to be good to begin with. <laughs> Poor thing's <laughs> doomed <laughs> since word go. <laughs> spatula tooth snake. <laughs> what, kind, what kind of tooth is that? Like, What does that even look like? I can't even imagine a tooth in the shape of a spatula. <laughs> Oh, oh right, okay, right, okay. Now we've got to behave ourselves this week because Mike's going to say, oh, that was fucking crap this week without me. Yeah. Well, actually, we got fucking copyright complaints when he was on last week, so. Yep. Gimli? Well, it was. Yep. Gimli complained. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you ripped off Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. False. Fucking fat ginger viking looking. Prick. Yeah. Fucking. <laughs> Right, okay, so Paul, my darling, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, guys. <coughs> so, Paul is a man of many talents, and it, this is going to be a bit of a weird episode because we're going to be talking about his podcast, which is the Personal Development Essentials podcast. Uh-huh. We're going to be talking mental health, self improvement, yoga, meditation, positive thinking. We're going to be talking about his company, traveling, herping trips, everything. Um, but first, um, you need to check if it's the real, uh, the real Paul, Danny, because you've got some, uh, mate. Yeah, mate. Let me just let me just, some issues. <laughs> let me just have a little look, right? Um, I, I, I need, I need to ask this. I need, we need to talk about this. Your Instagram. 
my Instagram. Uh, Greg Smith travels. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's cool because you post some cool stuff, and actually, you manage to get the the, the video TikTok videos, and I even don't even know how to do that. Um, but every time you post, I look at it. I'm thinking, ah, oh, he's been hacked again. It's <laughs> hacked again, and I'm I'm fairly sure, Hoss, that we don't actually have Paul Greg Smith on the show. I'm well, pretty sure it's okay. Well, I, I've got a question for him, and uh-huh. only the real Paul would know this. Uh huh. So during your talk at the West Midlands Herpetological Society event, yeah, where about in the room was I sitting all night? You were, if I remember correctly. So where I was standing, you would have been at the back of the room on the left-hand side. Yes. But, Hoss, do you know what the real Paul Greg Smith is supposed to look like? He's a handsome fucker. Wow. So if, so if, he, <laughs> well, was, so if he was at this meeting, would you have even known it was him? Well, we have this random guy stop us and... Just babble at us for about five seconds until we realised who it was at the Don- in Doncaster. Yeah, oh, I that, oh, yeah. You guys, yeah. And it was the same guy who was at and that meeting. Like, That's the guy who's emailing stalking me. you at the yeah. Uh, meeting. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, <laughs> and and now we, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I think we're good to go, mate. If I remember correctly, wasn't it us who stopped Paul at Donny? I like, thought it was me. Hey, man. We want we want to come on your trip. <laughs> no, that that sounded like what you'd say. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah. no, no. If it was me, I would have asked for a job. Would well, <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I've literally the number of people who are now I've helped like lead tools or set up their own conservation organisations or companies or whatever. Um, I'm kind of almost losing count of it now. And um, so, yeah, I mean, this is what I keep saying to people. It's like, I love doing this stuff. I love doing it. And I love helping other people to kind of pursue their passion as well. So, yeah, by all means, let's uh, let's make it happen. Okay. So whilst we're talking about passion, passion, baby, uh, where did the passion all start for you with wildlife and animals? Okay. So as far back as I can remember, right? This good fella's time. No, I kind of, um, I mean, I got my first animals when I was eight. I mean, I've always been into wildlife as far back as I can remember. Um, but I got my first, uh, I think it was uh, chili rose um, uh, and also lampropeltis zonata, so uh, milk snake. Um, and also for an eight-year-old, you know, I, unbeknownst to me at the time when I was buying it at the pet shop, um, the lady sold me a, a Burmese python, you know, a great, great starter pet for an eight-year-old. But anyway, um, it was it was a wonderful little python. So I started off with the Burmese python um, uh, milk snake, which was just like the most bad-tempered fucker ever, which just <laughs> hated me and bit me every single time I picked it up, um, and a chili rose. And it kind of started from there on, really. I mean, I always I used to like... I used to love playing in my garden, looking for frogs and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, so then when I was able to keep them as pets, uh, what started out as just a small number soon kind of spiraled to me filling my whole bedroom with like, you know, hundreds of spiders and snakes and stuff. Mm. So basically you were very fortunate because 
if I'd have even attempted or brought up can I have a snake at the age of eight, um, I'd have been sent to boarding school. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit like, um, I mean, I, I was just relentless in, in asking my parents uh, and they kept on saying no for fucking ages until they eventually got tired of me kind of saying, you know, just convincing them that that it was a good idea. Um, so I eventually won them over and I'm, I'm really glad um, they did. And it was the start of a kind of lifelong, uh, lifelong passion, really. Good. Okay. And before we get into all the ins and outs of what you do now, do you currently keep any reptiles or animals at all at the moment? Yeah, I do. I don't keep much at the moment. So my collection is quite small. I've only got a couple of royal pythons. Um, I've got a, uh, an, another uh, old, bad-tempered, uh, aggressive king snake, just a Californian king snake, which is blind, but it was, it was kind of like a, a rescue job. Uh, I, I offered to take it off someone's hands who, it, unbelievably, um, it was my sister-in-law she was like, oh, Paul, you know, one of, my, one of my corn snakes is trying to eat the other corn snakes. And I was like, really? That, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> I was like, send me a picture. And she sent me a picture. I was like, it's a fucking king snake. I was like, you need to take that out, out from, your, from your corn. So I, I went and picked it up. So I've got one of those, uh, a nice little Western hog nose. Um, I've got a really nice little, uh, I don't know the common name, but um, Pamphobetus manganegra, little spider, um, which is one of the most bad-tempered spiders I've ever come across, but I like them that way. Um, and I've got Thailand black uh, tarantula and what else? Uh, giant centipede. Um, uh, uh, yeah, they, they scare the bejesus out of me. I'm, I'm dirt, uh, yes, it's a, I can't remember the second. It's a Vietnamese one. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I've got... Uh, I'm going to say this right and now. And some um, regalis. Yeah, so some Paul, if, regalis. if yeah. I'm ever at your house... And you bring that centipede anywhere near me, <laughs> I promise you will never ever lead a herping trip ever again. Is it, yeah. it's, you're not a lover, are you, horse, at all? No, no I definitely. I, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> I've, I've had one escape before as well. They, um, did oh, you yeah, find God. it? Did I, you did, fa- I did. Thank God for that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I found it, yeah. But yeah, they, I, I actually know someone who's bitten by one of them in Australia. Uh, and he, he was drunk. And he thought it'd be a good idea to to pick it up, and he an said, he's, uh, "Yeah, an adult." And he said he's never felt pain like it. Um, yeah. I actually, one time I I have actually picked one up with my hands um, behind the fangs, mm-hmm. um, like a foot long one in Thailand. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm never doing that again, ever, ever. And I don't know why I did it at the time. Why? Because it was, was just scary. Well, I, you know, you, when you you can pin snakes, I'm not a fan of, of doing it. I don't really do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, oh, I wonder if you could pin a giant centipede. Mm-hmm. And I gave it a try, and I, I managed it, but it, it did scare the crap out of me. But then I was mm-hmm. like, why did I do that? What was what was the point? <laughs> yeah, so, well, yeah, I, I prefer really, to just yeah. look at them now, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they don't, their bites don't, they don't have any um, lasting effects, do they? They're just um, incredibly painful. Yeah, yeah. And there's, I don't know if you guys have you seen that guy? Um, oh, what's he called? Uh, Coyote oh, Peterson. Don't say that fucking absolute. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that the bloke who puts all the bullet what, ants though, on him? Yes. Yes. No, he's but a muppet. I don't enjoy watching it. 
I, I love watching him do that to himself. It's great. Because yeah. All, yeah. We're, we're all of the same opinion. We have to watch him. Yeah. We can't not watch him, but... Yeah. I, I want to know. I'm glad that there's someone out there who has kind of put together, you know, like, a compendium of, you know, this is how much this hurts and this is how much this hurts. So at least I've got a rough idea now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, true. It's kind of handy, I guess. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think um, I think we'll get we'll we'll be talking about mental health and that, and that kind of stuff in a bit. <laughs> but I think you need to address your mental health if you're going. Oh, I wonder how much that will hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not a, a glutton for uh, for for uh, punishment in any you way, shape, I mean, or because form. Because your podcast should be about BDSM, not personal development. <laughs> yeah. If uh, mm. right, okay, so. You've spoken about your, how you, you know your passion and how you got into what wildlife and animals, what you keep now. So let's let's talk about how how your passion for travelling started mm. and how that kind of developed for almost getting the bug for it. Okay, so when I mean my first real exotic uh, trip. Um, that I can remember was I was like maybe 19 or something and I was on a like a year and a half traveling thing all around the world with my girlfriend at the time and uh, we went trekking in the jungles in northern Thailand and uh, we'd been to some really remote locations and there was one place it took us about two days walk to get to this place um, and we were camping on route before we got to these kind of um, this little village um, with the I think it was the Karen tribe or yeah it was the Karen tribe um, but I was with a group of well they weren't even some people liked wildlife they definitely weren't herpers um, and I remember we came across it was a beautiful um, I think I'm pretty sure it was a pope's pit viper so whether that's Trimazorus Popor, they keep changing the bloody Latin name, but it was it was some kind of pit viper, beautiful, brilliant green, um, and I was just blown away by it. It was the first time I'd ever come across like a, a venomous snake in the wild, um, and it, I mean it was tiny, it was a little little baby, and I I was trying to pick it up, as you do, um, but I mean everyone in the group, I mean they they weren't fussed about it at all. And the guide even turned around and said, hurry up, Paul, you're holding up the group. Uh, <laughs> and I, I was trying to, you know, place it places and take photos and all this kind of stuff. Um, and everyone just literally buggered off and left me. And I was like, I'm not moving. I'm just taking, because I was like, that was what I was here for. Um, and it was such an amazing experience. I was like, do you know what? If ever I got the chance to run wildlife tours, I was like, I can do a damn sight better than this and, yeah, and fill it with the right kind of people. Um, and I remember thinking, because I'd, I'd been into herping, you know, for 10 plus years at that, that time. And I was like, there's no one doing herp trips. Um, so that was when, I mean, I got the, the bug for traveling from, from my round the world thing, which just kind of blew me away. Because we, we did things as well, like, um, you know, there are times when, let's say we've run either run out of money uh, and have to sleep rough or, you know, turning up at borders without visas. And uh, it was a real kind of massive personal growth experience. And yeah, the whole 
bug for traveling I, I got from that one trip and it was you know traveling around southeast asia india all that kind of stuff and yeah that so and, and it was when i got home i got the kind of post-holiday blues um and went from loads of crap jobs which i hated and being depressed uh and then i was like okay well i really want to do this i've no idea how um so i was just like well what's the first step and the first step for me was okay get a job with some kind of tour operator and so that for me was the first step just get a foot on the ladder or whatever and it was it was selling luxury holidays it wasn't selling wildlife holidays um and i was there for about five years and i i convinced them to start doing not only wildlife holidays but i was like hey there are people and i could you know they're known as herpers and i think i think they'd be really interested in going out looking for snakes and again they were like what Who, who's going to want to do that and i was like trust me guys um and that led to the very first herp trip that i ran was back in 2007 um and i did a, a little um advert in the uh, the ihs I was like, hey, who wants to come and do this? And I was just flooded with inquiries. And I, I think I sold it out within a week. And we, there was about 18 of us. And we went to southern India and the Andaman Islands. And hands down, it was, you know, one of the best things I'd ever done. We were, we were island hopping, um, you know, a, a, again, with local tribal trackers, uh, camping on beaches, um, you know, going on night herping on these random islands, waking up to you know sunrise on the beach and stuff and then taking nice little boat trips finding sea snakes and um yeah it just it blew everyone away and i was like i just if, if i could spend the rest of my days doing that i was like that's what i want to do just Fair enough. sounds amazing to it, Dana. yeah it generally does yeah, yeah a... I'm, I'm gonna take you up on that um offer earlier <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got to admit with the whole um the travel thing so Obviously, I've you know been on holidays and travelled around a little bit, but I've always done it with a suitcase, mm. and you're dragging everything behind you, and it's a bore like man. Um, mm. So I've a couple of weeks ago, I got back from Krakow in Poland, and we, yeah. back, we backpacked it. Um, minimal clothing, you know, get everything when you're there if you if you need anything, mm. and it's just great to be able to get off that plane and just yes. go. Yes, yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. There's a lot to be said, and I actually. I really miss that kind of carefree feeling of, you know, the, the very first traveling jaunt that round the world thing when, when we literally just booked the ticket and was like, where are we staying? I've no fucking idea. <laughs> Let's see what happens when we get to the other side. Uh, and that feeling of, of freedom that it gives you is, is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's now that I've, um, I've, I've got this backpack, which uh, I took to me when I went to Poland. And I've now got myself a microfiber towel and a few other bits of light clothing. Um, and I'm kind of almost ready now to anywhere in the world I could go. I've got all my yeah. outdoor gear. I've got my down jackets if it's cold, um, you know, if I'm going somewhere like that. Or if I'm going somewhere so like Thailand or whatever, I've now got the clothing and all the bits and pieces to kind of just, just go. And it's in a backpack and it weighs, it weighs nothing. Yeah. I know you're a fan of reading as well, so I really quickly want to give you a book recommendation. Yeah. It's called Vagabonding. Vagabonding. And it's, it's, and it's by a guy called Ralph Potts, and it's all about that kind of travel, about redesigning your life to kind of do those kind of things. Well, I'm going to ask you a massive favour. You're yeah. going to have to text me that. I'll text because you that. Yeah, yeah. I've just gone to write it down, and my pen don't work. 
K. In other words, he has no idea how to spell it. No, my pen don't work. Look, it's on the Why are you full of crap? Oh, no, it's working. It's working. Anyone can scratch a table. Bonding. What was it? Ralph what? Sorry. Ralph Potts. Potts. Got it, son. It's a crap. Please text him because he still doesn't know how to spell it. <laughs> IT, I can spell it. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! <laughs> you knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's mad though, and I suppose we we kind of took that approach a little bit. We had our accommodation sorted, and we researched into all these places where we could go and crack off. All these places we could mm. eat, all the different museums, and cathedrals, and you know your Auschwitz and all that. But we didn't book anything. We didn't have an itinerary as such. It was mm. a case of when we get there. We're not going to get a taxi to the to the apartment. We're, we're, we're going to find it. Yeah. And this was singly the worst thing and the best thing <laughs> about the whole trip. Danny, no, I'll stop you, you there. No, no, I'll stop you no, there. No, no, no. Bullshit. Okay, Bull go on. Shit. Paul, he didn't just decide <laughs> not to get a taxi. He got fucking lost. Is what happened. He got off the plane. He was like, oh, we're lost. Instantly, he was <laughs> lost. And he went, screw the taxi. Got lost, eventually found it three days later after stumbling around Auschwitz and whatever else he did <laughs> <laughs> because he happened to find them on the way. That's what happened, really hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, on. it's only They're like it's only two hours in the opposite direction, but yeah, that's exactly what happened. Exactly, lost. <laughs> <laughs> but, but li- literally, we, we decided, right, okay, well, it's about a 20 minute walk to the hotel. We don't know which direction's which, but we're going to find it. See, lost. Yeah, literally lost. <laughs> but it was great because we discovered the city. Yeah. We got to see everything, and there was things that we had researched into. We were like, oh, that's there. This is there. One of the, There's a taxidermy museum which we wanted to go and visit, and that was actually the road next to our apartment, and I didn't even know that. Because um, when you're looking at a map, especially when you've never been there before, it all gets very jumbled up and muddy. Yeah. And, um, but that was great. We got to see everything. Apart from, by the time we got to the apartment, we might as well have jumped in the sea. We were absolutely <laughs> saturated um, because apparently Poland can get quite wet and cold. Mm-hmm. What, worse than the UK? Oh, man, honest to God, right. I um, We got there and it was like minus six. The one the one evening we got in, we'd had a lovely evening out. I had a couple of beers too, man. Eh? I'm lying in bed and I wake woke up to go to the toilet and I look at my phone, and it was minus 14 outside. And oh. I was just like, I need to do this. Ouch. So I put my I put my jeans on, put my Doc Martens on, T-shirt, put my down jacket on. I'm going outside. I got outside, and I was like, fuck this. I'm going back in. <laughs> wow. That's cold. That's really cold. <laughs> That is that is hella cold. I, I mean, a lot, of them that, a lot of them that I know and I've spoken to here um, will say... The UK is like tropical compared to what they used to. Well, like they get best of both worlds as well because their summers are really warm, but mm-hmm. their winters are really, really cold. Really um, harsh. Yeah. So I think it's a nice place to go, and especially like, I've seen it in the winter. So I really want to go back in the summer and see it as well now. Yeah. Um, cause I, I can imagine it's a it's a very different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is enough about me and my travelling because we have you on the podcast. <laughs> right, okay, so obviously. Used to, I, I used to say, stop saying obviously. It's not my word. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. No, don't sound like Eric Burke will start going off on one. <laughs> um, so, that being said, 
I'm going to stick with that. Let's mm-hmm. talk about some of the stories and, and some of the trips that you've planned. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not start with the herping trips because that's what everyone mm-hmm. wants to hear about being a Repsol yeah. podcast. So what about some of the honeymoon stuff and all the general luxury holidays that you currently book at the moment? Okay, so um, what what kind of uh, what kind of stories do you want? All right, so me I'm and sure. Danny are getting married. Okay, okay. And oh. we want somewhere exotic, but my my little honey plum, he's, he's he likes his home comforts as well. So mm-hmm. we can't have a mud hut; it's not going to work. Okay. No. And I and I need rose petals on the bed. Okay. Well, you you've done Thailand, haven't you, Dan? No, I haven't. I was, I, I want oh, to do it this yeah. year. Thailand is for me, hands down, one of. I mean, it's so easy. It's so accessible. Um, I mean, especially in places like Bangkok, the the Sky Train and the Metro like piss all over the underground. Like like from a height, they're clean. Like they've got air air conditioning. They run on time, um, and um, it's usually. It's a great kind of introduction to Southeast Asia. Um, and the Thais, for me, they, they kind of set the standard for hospitality. So, and, and it's like really reasonably priced. So it's, it's exotic. The food's amazing. There's amazing wildlife, amazing hotels, great value for money. Um, yeah, Thailand, great, great place do to I, start. Do I get rose petals? Yes, you do. Yes, oh, yeah. Oh, Hoss, babe. I'll have a word. Let's book it. Let's book it. I'll have a word. But it's it's mad. It's mad as far that because when I look at booking holidays and you do it all individual, I can go right. Okay, so this, this is my flights. This is going to be this. This is my accommodation. This is going to be this. Then I have a complete pandemic uh, heart attack. Going right. Okay. Mm. Well, how do I get from the airport to the to mm. there? And mm. then you're trying to find bus timetables, prices taxis this that and the other and then like uh, it's just so difficult because one person's like oh that's a hundred pound other people are saying it's four pound fifty you know then the next person says it's in walking distance and it's so using the internet because people just put down what the hell they want to put down Mm. it it does make it hard and quite stressful so obviously coming to someone like yourself it takes all that away doesn't it and i've got a good good kind of story which kind of illustrates that i mean as, as I've mentioned, I've done everything from, you know, the backpacking, you like sleeping rough and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and now, obviously, you know, doing everything from top end luxury to helping TV naturalists and TV companies do their kind of logistics and filming and so on. So I've kind of vast experience in doing a whole range of things. Now, there was one time what I say to people is, look, it's when you're younger and you've got time, then go backpacking, do it on the cheap, do it all by yourself, just literally just book a flight, go out there and do it, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the luxury of that much time and you just want it to work, then by all means, go to a destination specialist, whether it's me or someone else, because those people, they will have not only the insider knowledge, but the contacts to make something run smoothly. And, And a great example was, there was one time I took um, my my wife and family out. So it's the mother-in-law, uh, the brother brother-in-law, and my son as well. And we were going around Thailand and, and Vietnam three weeks, and I laid on everything right. And the the family are really kind of um, 
ball busters, shall we say. And obviously, being a, being a tour operator, the kind of uh, stakes were pretty high. And uh, these, these guys, they don't hold, hold back if they're not happy. And um, I, long, long and short of it, I kind of blew them away. Because everything was just like taken care of. The guides are fantastic. Hotels are amazing. All this kind of stuff. But there was one day when we had a free day, and we were like, "Well, let's just wing it. Let's just do it by ourselves." And even though I was a seasoned traveller as well, we said, "Yeah, fine. Let's just wing it." And on that one day, we had pretty much every single taxi driver either tried to rip us off. Uh, charge, yeah, charge us more money, take, take us around the houses and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just wasted our fucking time. And th- for me, in that instant, I thought, that's the difference. Because when you're younger, you don't give a shit. It's all about the, um, you know, the adventure, you know, mm-hmm. and, the, and the stories for the grandkids. And you're like, yeah, and I got taken to, ran to some random drug dealer's house and uh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. And literally, I've, I've got some stories like of random things happening on on holidays before where going off with um, Yardies. And literally at the back of my head, I was like, should I really be going off with Yardies? But actually these guys were safe as fuck. And we had, we had a great time, but it was like, um, yeah, if, if you're traveling with, uh, you know, your, your family and all stuff like that. And especially if you've got, you know, let's say whether it's a girlfriend or partner or whatever, and, and they, uh, let's say their kind of ability to handle stress is not as good as yours. Um, then you just want shit to work. You want the 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 person going to pick you up from the airport. You you just want to go straight to the hotel, have a nice drink, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, you know, I'd be quite happy with like this is my flight. I mean, you give me a nice little piece of paper, and it's you need to go away at this bus stop and mm-hmm. get off when it looks like this picture. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you need to find your room. And then the mm-hmm. following morning, uh, Mr. Tribal Man will come knock on your door and take you herping. Yeah. Like, I can deal with that. Yeah. That, that's fine. You know, I, mean, I don't want someone to pick me up and, you know, I don't want to be picked up at the airport with a bottle of Prosecco or, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. I'm quite happy to make my way around. But it's that, it's the, oh shit, like, where are we going? So in Krakow, typical example. We got to the airport. Now, I knew that the airport and the train station were connected. So we got there, waiting for the train, nothing. We bought tickets at this machine. I don't know what tickets we bought, but it weren't for the train. <laughs> and they cost virtually nothing. You know, I think it was like 70, 80 p each. Mm. Waiting there, waiting there, no train, no train. Then we got told by another bloke that Polish, the trains kind of, they run when they want. You know what I mean? <laughs> there is a train service, but it's not... Um, it says it's every half an hour, but you might get two in three hours, maybe. Oh. Um, so eventually this train turns up. Not too bad, probably about 15 minutes later. So we've been waiting about three parts of an hour. And then we don't know when we're getting off. And this tannoy's going off in Polish, and I ain't got a clue. And then everyone got off. So I this has got to be crack off. You know mm. what I mean? This is Everyone's getting off here. This must be where... Obviously, when we got out of the train station... It was a, you know, apparent that we were in Krakow, and mm. um, but that, that that time it was just like I just want to go back to Birmingham mm. because mm. it yeah. was like I'm in a foreign country. I don't know where I am. I'm going to get lost. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and also sometimes in situations like that you could, I mean, maybe not you because you're you're a bit of a man mountain, but <laughs> but for some people <laughs> when 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 they look like lost. 
then they look like a victim. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, you do, you don't look like a victim. I look like a victim to a chocolate gatto, mate. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But but yeah, I mean, th- those are the time times when... Um, well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I've kind of... Um, there have been times when I've been in various states of inebriation, um, like in various parts of the world, and I've been absolutely fine. But there are there are times when I've been sober as fuck, and I've been somewhere in London or my hometown of Basingstoke, and um, you know I've been a lot more on edge. You know, it's weird. I've kind of felt safer in a lot of you know third world countries <laughs> sometimes randomly. But um, cause, I mean, I think the UK is kind of we we I don't know. There's something about <laughs> the streets on a Friday and Saturday night, which uh, are very unique to this uh, country. Yeah, I think it, uh, when it comes to British culture, we do know how to uh, pull it out of the bag, so to yes. speak. <laughs> okay, so obviously, I said it again. For fuck's sake, does Danny smack me? Do you need help? No, because I've got all the questions in front of me. I just yeah, keep no, saying I mean, things. I mean, I mean, medical help. Um. Probably, yeah. Would you like me to call you an obviously doctor? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, you caught my bluff there. <laughs> um, how about I just call you a prick and stop? Just stop. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks. See, he's going fine. Mike's not here. We're all good. Yeah. Gone to shit in my ass. What are you about? <laughs> <laughs> so... You've explained stories of this, that, and the other, um, but I think there's a bit more gossip in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, there is. Yeah. I'm just trying. I'm trying to self-censor, but it bear yeah. in mind we're being recorded. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm... is there <laughs> any situations? Mate, is... Now, there's two sides of travelling. You've got the great, you know, you see all the scenery and you get the really good experiences, but it's not always glitz and glamour. I, I, I've got some great stories. Oh, yeah, okay, oh, I've got some. Um, when it goes okay. wrong. Yeah, I've got plenty. Do you okay. have some? I, I want the most embarrassing stories you can possibly oh, think coming. about about people that we know. Uh, oh, <clears throat> no, Matt, you're after stories okay, about okay. the Rado. So the Rado's as shiny as anything. Speaking, officially speaking, whatever goes on tour stays on tour. So I have no idea about any person that, that we all know or persons, um, but I can tell you some good ones about me. Uh, and they're coming, right? These are really embarrassing. And, and it's happened to me on more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, in my line of work, uh, I, t- I, I get invited all over the world a lot. And unfortunately, I can't always go because I'm too busy, right? But a lot of the time when I do go, I, I get invited, like, you know, paid flights, luxury hotels, all this kind of stuff. And uh, I, I just have to go and inspect luxury hotels. Right, and, and that's ins- why he wants to work with us, because he wants to send right. us to the hotels. But, but, you know, check this out. A couple of times it's happened in India and it's happened in Thailand where I've been around, like, I mean, we're talking palaces. Like, there's one time in, in India I was being led around and uh, it, I mean, literally it was, um, I think it was the Rambag Palace in Jaipur. And uh, the lady showing me around, she said, oh, do you, do you want to see the, uh, 
it's either the swimming pool or the gardens. And in that one instance, instant between her asking me that question, I suddenly realized, you know, when you get that feeling like, I think I've got food poisoning, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I literally went, I just turned around to her and just said, no, no, I said, excuse me, I've got to go, right? And I just like, remember trying to sprint to my room, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I've got to within a meter and a half of uh, the toilet uh, <laughs> before like just slurry. <laughs> yeah, slurry. I think that's the only word for it. Just like exploded in my trousers, down my legs. And I didn't even make it to the fucking toilet, right? So that, thank, thankfully, it didn't happen in front of, you know, <laughs> the, the rest of the, the hotel and stuff like that. But the other oh. time as well, it happened at a luxury hotel again. Well, this was in Thailand. Um, and two words. First one is explosive. Yeah, second one's diarrhea again. Mm -hmm. And this hotel, it was just like um, everything about it was white, white sheets, white linen, everything. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't need to go into too much detail, but I just had accident upon accident. And yeah, horrible food poisoning, but the shame of having to ring up the front desk at two o'clock in the morning, like when you're just like really ill, need a doctor and say, yeah, you know, those lovely crisp white linen sheets you got, I'm, can you send up some new sheets? <laughs> Why, yeah, what's the so, matter? Well, I shit all over them. Uh, yeah, literally, you know, um, train spotting, <laughs> literally. Uh -huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's happened. Well, to, to a few us, times. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just mellow your pain there right now, sir. The, this weekend, something happened to me, which was quite embarrassing. So there's a bit of a nasty bug going round, and I went very. I was sick Saturday night, and then during the night, but probably about two, three o'clock, sun, early hours Sunday morning, I went into the toilet, woke up, and I was like, you know, when you're, oh my god, this is gonna come out of my mouth before I even get mm. to the toilet, and it did. Mm. I'm holding it in my hands, and it's in my beard. And then I'm bent over <laughs> down the toilet, and I'm being sick, and I'm shouting for you know you know that bloke Yui. When you're being sick, you shout for Yui, Yui, Yui. Yeah, yeah. You know him, good bloke. No. So as I'm shouting for Yui, it's a good job I was wearing clothes. I don't actually I don't know if it was. No, I wasn't wearing clothes. I don't know whether I should have been wearing clothes or not. But just <laughs> projectile brown liquid. Like a jet from a jacuzzi just come out of my ass, man. Good. It's not good, is it? And it's... it just went all over the floor, and there was nothing I could do about it. Mm. Yeah, you're helpless in, in those situations. There's nothing you can do. As soon as your brain registers, oh, fuck, you, it, it's too late. Yeah. The thing is, though, if I'd have turned around and sat on a toilet, I'd have only puked on the floor anyway. <laughs> so what do you do? Yeah. I hope people don't mind this excessively scatological uh, well, diversion. The, the, the podcast is down as explicit, so I think we're covered. Good. Yeah. And we, we enjoy swearing on this podcast. Yeah. Mike particularly. He, uh, Mike is um, a little bit of a connoisseur with the old French language. Yeah, it's, it's quite funny, actually, because we've had a complaint, and it was about Mike, actually, about our swearing. And Mike took the complaint, but then tried to switch it on that me and Danny swear too much. And, yeah, it, it, it's all Michael Phelps. All Michael <laughs> Phelps. The worst thing is, is because people are offended because um, he doesn't usually swear. 
Got so you. people feel like he's doing it um, sort of on purpose, like for effect. Got you. Um, you, you know, which you know, which which would offend some people. You know, like it's like, you know, don't do it for likes. You mm. know, just you know, do it naturally. Yeah. You know, don't don't be a cunt for no reason. <laughs> um, you know, and and he's he he's he's getting he's getting quite a few uh, complaints, isn't he, Hoss? Well, to be honest, he's gonna have another one um, mm. from me, and but I'll probably you as well for not being here formal, this evening. Formal complaint. You know what I mean? As well, and he knows you as well, doesn't he, mate? You know what I mean? Yeah, they didn't even tell me he wasn't coming on. Didn't even it didn't even let me know. I'm. Um, I think that's a fiver. I'm you offended. Want, you want to find him? Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, Paul, yeah. do you know about that as well? Uh, what you've got some kind of swear box? Yes. So, <laughs> so what we do is every time you swear, we tally it up, and it's a pound. Okay. Um, and well, no- normally see, it goes to charity, uh, but what we're thinking is by the end of this podcast, we might be able to get a free holiday out of you. <laughs> I'm glad you told me now. I'm going to try and tone you down before I bankrupt See, myself. <laughs> we, we did. We did actually used to do that when we when we first started the podcast. We did actually used to do that. Um, we used to find the guests for uh, for mental health. We used to all go to charity, mm. um, and it was a good laugh. And most people went along with it, didn't they, Hoss? Um, yeah. I think Chris Newman bunged twenty quid in the pot because he swore mm. a couple of times. Um, and he dropped off the line, I think, you know. So, some people used to barter with like a blanket 20 quid before they even come on the show. <laughs> they did, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember two or three people doing that. It was funny. I think we should bring it back, personally. Okay. I, so, I like I like the fines. Yeah, mate, so if you're listening <laughs> to this and you'd like us to bring back the fines, let us know. Yeah, I, I think we should... I'm going to start a poll. <laughs> Go on, you guys, you guys cover me for two minutes. I'm starting a poll. Love you. Go on, then. Okay, so if you get any more crazy stories, or not not so much maybe personal stuff, but where um, you've you've organised something it hasn't gone to plan, and you've had to kind of quickly scurry and like fig- figure it out as you're going. Okay, so let me think. Uh, yeah, I mean that kind of stuff happens a lot. Uh, well, I mean, depends. I mean, um, I'm just trying to think uh, of a particular. Depends which which country and which kind of, because when we do like, yeah, for for normal the most luxury holidays everything like runs smoothly. But it's when you're doing the real adventurous stuff in third world countries that stuff can go wrong. Uh, I'm just trying to think of. I've heard of stuff before, like people have had like, okay, we're going on this island this day. That island the next, and we're doing this, and then there's torrential mm. rain, and oh yeah, the yeah, boat that, doesn't that, exist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, that that kind of stuff can happen. Yeah, in terms of like, um, what, okay, so I've got a good one actually. Well, it was, um, yeah, it was southern India, so it was uh, Western Ghats, and we there was the flooding was like it was torrential rain, and what should have been like um, a two and a half hour bus uh journey got detoured into just like this grueling 14 hour fuck knows why it took 14 hours but like so many roads were out and there was all this kind of flooding and it just i mean nearly ruined us (laughs) yeah but yeah so that kind of thing just happens and you you just have to to adapt and the thing the thing is a lot of people think leading tours is just uh fun and all don't get me wrong it is it's great fun but you have to be um, 
a little bit kind of uh, emotionally resilient. You had to be adaptable. You have to be able to look after guests as well. Because um, one of the things what I always had to kind of notice was, especially with um, young guys, they wouldn't look after themselves too well. So they they wouldn't drink water that, or, or as much. So we'd be going around. <clears throat> you know, mountainous kind of journeys and the Western Ghats or whatever. And people are going, oh, I'm feeling sick. And I'll, I'll be like, you know, worried and trying to get to the bottom of it and going, well, did you have breakfast? Have you drunk your water? And they're like, well, no, I didn't have breakfast. Haven't been drinking water, but I did manage to take my malarial tablets in the morning. So, and you're like, what? And you, you almost have to just first and foremost, you've got to make sure that people are looking after themselves. Because also people do things like, um, you know, they'll get, sunburnt on their feet on the first day or something you know or or ridiculous well, sunburn yeah. all over their body if you're <laughs> having someone who's got a horrific sunburn or whatever or have you know some form of health issue your attention then is taken away from that group because you've almost got yeah. a responsibility as tall oh, yeah. leader to deal with that 100%, so yeah. everyone's experience then is lessened yeah um, exactly and i've never really thought about it from that perspective so it really has everyone's welfare and but everyone is literally t- yeah. tying their shoelaces, drinking their water and brushing their teeth. It's almost yeah. your business. And it's it's kind of, um, especially when we, we've had everyone from like, you know, uh, age 16 up to 80. And there, there was one guy who, he was a, he was a great guy um, who was, he, he told me on the phone and in emails, he was like, yep, I'm, I'm fit and healthy and doctors sign off and all this kind of stuff. But he was actually, um, it was weird. He was quite, quite flat-footed. And what I mean by that was this guy was like falling over left, right, and center. And what we had to do was me and another member of the team, we had to walk right behind him and one guy right in front of him. Because to, just to catch, I mean, if you can imagine, we were, again, this is another trip in Thailand. Um, even in some of these remote places, even if someone falling over and like breaking an ankle, that's a serious kind of, you know, medical emergency. Yeah, yeah. So you want to do whatever you can to look after people and prevent such things happening. Um, and, and we've, yeah, I mean, so it is tricky and it is hard going, but um, especially when you get a good group and certainly many of the guys we use, like Adam Radovanovich and uh, David Mead. Radovanovich. Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. And he's, you know, he's got encyclopedic knowledge of of herbs. He's a great guy. He's really fun. Um, But he's just got, he's a really good people person as well. You need good people skills. So it's kind of, you need to be able to look after people. Um, But also it's kind of like, maintaining a lot of people's energy because you get some uh, mood hoovers from time to time you sometimes you do get uh, so, uh, yeah so you're gonna have that problem mood you're, you're gonna have to have like a bag for your stuff and a bag for like snacks and treats for me because if i if we're in the jungle and i start getting hungry like it's going down yeah, yeah. you know what i mean so that's that's gonna that's gonna be a part of your itinerary as well right okay so Something that I have got a bit of a question for. So when mm-hmm. you go off on these herp tricks, when your people are booking um, these herping bags holidays with you, mm-hmm. what do you advise them to bring in terms of like backpack, footwear, what, how much clothing, what kind of clothing? Um, and obviously this depends on where you're going. So let's, let's base it on, um, I don't know, if we were to go to Madagascar, what okay. would you expect people to bring? Okay, so... Um... 
assuming that obviously we've got you in you know in a good season without uh, too much rain. I mean, generally shoulder season where there's a little bit of rain because the herbs come out after then. Um, so a really light kind of waterproof and the the kinds they have in Southeast Asia, which you know, like super thin, they cost a pound, just like poncho type things or whatever. So something like that. Um, good footwear in terms of um, like uh, kind of ankle high type boots, thick soles, um, because in certain countries, especially uh, yeah, places like India, Madagascar as well, they've got like certain, um, I remember in India, they definitely, this kind of undergrowth, which was like massive, like inch long, thorns and you'd be walking along and you'd be kicking the undergrowth and it whip round and just go in your foot type stuff so good footwear i've, I've um, got to admit with footwear as well so I, I do quite a bit of walking and if i wear trainers i can't walk that far if that makes it or i can walk far mm. it's just that it, it's not enjoyable yeah Yet if i put my hiking boots on i've got proper ankle support and they're tied correctly I'm invincible. I can walk yeah. and walk and walk. And by the time I finish and get back, I, f- I always feel like I could have done more, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And it's literally down to what's just on my feet. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. So so I'd, I'd rec- definitely recommend that. And the, the other thing I recommend above all else is at least two good torches. So uh, a really powerful um, hand torch plus a really powerful head torch. Um, and you, you have two because, you know, one will die on you if you're around and about. I tend to prefer a good, sturdy hand torch with a really powerful uh, beam, pl- plus my head head torch for up close. And also, I mean, depending if you're going out looking for scorpions at night, a nice UV torch as well. Um, occasionally, we, we have people who bring um, like night vision stuff, but I personally haven't had too much success with some of those. Um, but yeah, so uh, I mean, for those people who like bird watching, bring obviously bring good binoculars as well. But for for your herpug, I also like to travel. Um, I try and travel a little bit light because sometimes it can be, especially if people are. It's tricky because if if people want to like find wildlife, as well as take photos of it and all this kind of stuff, it can be really tricky when you've got big bags or big bags of cameras and stuff. So when I'm actually trekking itself, I like, I like to travel and dress as light as possible. That's just, that's a personal preference as well. Okay. So we talking pair of shorts and a t-shirt. Do you know what I do? Yeah. And, and even though, um, I mean, long, long, short, uh, long, light trousers are always a good idea to kind of stop against, biting creepy crawlies and so on but unless you've got a really good um breathable kind of fabric it can it can get quite hot and uncomfortable so yeah i i tend to even just like you know long shorts um plus just like a normal t-shirt but saying that i do get eaten alive by by animals sometimes so so. if you're away for i don't know say a two-week trip Mm -hmm. what would you say like how many pairs of shorts how many t-shirts would you recommend people bring in because this is this is the funny thing. So, when I went to crack off for four days, I thought, right, okay, I'm bringing X amount, and I'm really not taking much at all. I took, I wore a shirt, I took a jumper, and another t-shirt with me. 
Mm. Um, and to be completely honest, I wore the t-shirt and never wore the jumper. Yeah. Um, so, you know, realistically, you know, what should you be taking? Okay, so it depends on the kind of trip you're doing. So just to give you an idea, um, you have like more hardcore trips, <clears throat> which let's say if you're going to be just like two weeks or even a week, just purely in one place in the jungle, then um, you don't need to pack too much. You can get by, you know, I would as well wearing the same clothes, you know, a couple of days in a row, whatever. Um, but on some of the trips we do, because we tend to use like good quality eco lodges. You know, we don't rough it too much. There's only a few trips where we, where it's pretty hardcore. And the reason why is even most, most herpers or most people who, who love wildlife being in a wet jungle is pretty hard going and, and it can really test most people. And most people can like, have enough of it even just a few days in. So a lot of the trips we do, we try and have like good quality eco lodges where you can like you can have a nice decent share at the end of the day. You've still got places to you know you've still got a good bed, um, rooms with a nice view and all stuff like that. And it's trying to get a good balance of a good eco lodge, good location. And um, I don't always think that you have to go because the further kind of a field you go, let's say, for example, if you wanted to go somewhere like Arunachal Pradesh or whatever uh, in northeast India, then the more complex a trip is, you one, you add to the cost, two, you add to the kind of depth of preparation you have to take in terms of like safety precautions and that kind of stuff. Whereas in actual fact, for certain countries, whether it's Madagascar or Costa Rica or whatever, you can still see an amazing array of wildlife, um, relatively short distances from from the eco lodge, and in, in many instances, literally on your doorstep. Uh, so you don't have to overcomplicate things too much. So oftentimes, on a one week or a two week trip, if you're staying at good eco lodges, maybe you're moving around. I would say bring like I don't know, if you're two weeks, I'd, I'd bring like seven pairs of whatever. Because then, then you've got time to wash it and, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Mm. I've got to admit, it's one, that, um, it's one of those things that you uh, panic about, isn't it? Have I brought yeah. enough? I'm out in the do sticks. You... Where do I get it from? I can't mm. ship. Mm. Do you boys have any top tips on how to stop bites? Um... Avoid them. Avoid yeah. run, you know, run away. <laughs> no, I don't mean I don't mean bites by you know snakes or anything like that. I just, but just bugs, bites. insects. Yep, yep. Okay, so <clears throat> when it comes to uh, mosquitoes, mosquito nets. Plus, you can also get these kind of uh, in incense. Uh, mm -hmm. They're like a little spirally thing. You stick it on the floor. You light it, um, and it smokes and it gets rid of a lot of biting insects. But you know, and you can have there are some really good non-deet uh, kind of oils and stuff now, but generally speaking, what I find is no matter what I do, I still get bitten. Have, <laughs> so, have you have you tried uh, antiseptic uh, alcohol rub or alcohol gel? No, I haven't. There you go. You should try it. You know the medical stuff? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to write it down. Uh, sort of doctors and nurses use. Um, you, you can pick it up pretty much wherever. Um, it comes in little hand pumpy things. 
Okay. And it, you just sort of literally rub it all over, um, and it kind of evaporates. So um, I'll give that a go. It's not um, it's not yeah, like oily or anything for your skin. The other one is, is it Avon skin so soft. Mm-hmm. A lot of people swear by that. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I've I've I found yeah I found the um, the alcohol one is for me has worked for me really okay. well. Okay, so before we move on to talk about your podcast and all things about that, is mm-hmm. there anything else that you want to bring up regarding your company and the trips that you do? Um, I would just say for anyone listening who who keeps herps as a hobby, but has maybe thought, oh well, you know maybe maybe they think they have to be a biologist or a student or, or whatever, or their partner wouldn't want to go on it or, or whatever. I would say just, just try it. Um, as, as you know, we, we call them life changing journeys because once people go on a trip like this with I, I say, it's, it's going out with your tribe. It's going out with other people who, who want to look for mm-hmm. snakes. Um, cause most of the time, a lot of people's partners or families, they, they're not interested or whatever, but, when you go out with a small group of you, you're all bonkers about this kind of stuff. And you all just want to spend every waking moment looking for this. And, and it's that childlike fascination when you find something, you're just like, whoa, oh my God, look at this, check this out. Uh, and the thrill of it is, um, it's, it's incredible. So even now, like 15 years of having run and uh, different types of wildlife tours, the first Herp tour was back in 2007, I still, my favourite part is, is when people come back and just they say that's the best thing I've ever done in my life, and that for me mm-hmm. is what it's all about. So I'm like, even if you don't think you've you you would like it or anything like that, just just give it a go because um, yeah, it'll just change the way you think about your life. And for me, it's and actually this kind of comes on to the the time in nature uh, thing with the mental health. For me, time in nature, whether it's going on a herp trip or just some kind of retreat or, you know, stay in a log cabin, it's how I kind of uh, reset everything, my brain, my body. Um, and the older I get, the more I, I want to be in nature as, as much as I can. You know, it's it's weird. I, I, I kind of, re- when you're young, you just want to have fun and party and all this kind of stuff. But dare I say it, I... I actually find myself looking at gardening programs. Jesus, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> and that's recorded. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so your podcast is the Personal Development Essentials podcast. Yeah. It is available on all good podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and all them. So if you're listening to this and you have another podcast to listen to, please go check it out. It is pretty cool. You've got 74 episodes as of mm-hmm. recent. So there's a good old backlog. Um, you started that in August 2018, I believe. Yep, well done for you. You've got better memory than I have. So to, I to, to, be, to be honest, I did have to find that out before. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, no kudos points for me. Um, so that obviously personal development, that's a massive thing. It's about self-improvement. Mm. Um, it's about the, your mental state of mind as well and mm-hmm. kind of pushing yourself forward. Um, mm. And... I want to break into a couple of the different topics that you talk about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I know you do a lot of public speaking about this kind of thing as well as. Mm-hmm. Um, so the things that I want to men- mention talk about is mental health, mm-hmm. self-improvement, self, in- self improvement, and then 
um, kind of like relaxation methods, sort of like yoga and meditation, mm-hmm. um, which obviously can help positive thinking and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to start with mental health and kind of like where you started getting to grips of, I, don't know, I suppose, being in control of your own and mm-hmm. talking about it? Okay, so I, I think we've all got that voice in our head, you know, um, Danny actually speaks four <laughs> different language, and and I kind of call it, um, you know, we, we've all got that negative voice, I think, and I th- I think um, I don't think you ever lose that. I think that's always there, but it's how you respond to that voice. Either you let it just take over. It's 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 interesting. This is the thing about meditation: is when you get to a point where you don't have to identify with or agree with every fucking thought in your head. And you can almost take the perspective of being a witness because whenever you think a thought, it does something to your physiology. I've got a phrase, which is um, whatever is in your field of focus floods your physiology. So it's like you think a bad thought, you feel bad. You you think of a scary thought, you, you get scared. And what I first started noticing when I first started doing like meditation, you know, when, um, let's say you've got a, a, like maybe remember back in science when you had a clear liquid and you took a drop of a different colored liquid and, and just dropped that in and you could see it spread and dissipate throughout, you know, the, the previously clear liquid. Now, when you begin to kind of practice, uh, meditation, you kind of get to see that happening and feel it with your own thoughts uh, and your own body. And it's, it's almost like bad thought comes along and you immediately kind of feel bad or, or you're, you're triggered in some way in a bad memory or whatever. So for me, these things, they're not like a, it's a bit like going to the gym where you you kind of got to keep doing it. So for me, it's like meditating, even if it's like 10 minutes here, 20 minutes here, it's part of my daily practice now. Um, the other one which I would massively recommend to anyone who's had any kind of mental health issues or whatever, and again, like I am in no way, shape or form qualified to give any kind of advice. Feel free to kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> this is just my own kind of story, you know, my own journey I've been on and what works for me and the deep dive into learning about this stuff. Um, but, and actually, this is a great example, physical exercise. And I think uh, Tyson Fury is a great example of this. He says it as well. He says, you know, when he's not fit and healthy, he gone, he kind of goes to shit. And, uh-huh. and I think for me as well, it's like if I'm not looking after my mind and body, I feel like shit. And mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm 41, I'll be 42 in March. I really notice it. If I, if I eat shit food, if I don't exercise, if I drink too much, lo and behold, I feel like shit. So it's kind of like the link between um, physical exercise, looking after your body, looking after your mental health, looking after your physical health. Um, Because it's not only do I want a long life, but I want a a life filled with kind of energy. And I I want energy for, you know, for my loved ones, for my family, for my friends and all that kind of stuff. So I got into it primarily because of, you know, I think we've all got our own demons that we're trying to deal with. So for me, it's like just trying to cope with my own demons. Okay. I think obviously it's everything in moderation as well. So if you live a life where you, you train, you eat really clean, but you don't allow you to have yourself to have any form of like, um, what's the word I'm using? Any form of downtime. Yeah. Any form yeah. of fun. 
mm-hmm. yeah. down. That's just as bad. That is so, a really good point. Yeah. So I don't I don't drink that much these days. I kind of knocked it on the head a couple of years ago. But every now and again, normally when Danny and Mike are involved and it's at Doncaster, <laughs> um, I let my hair down, pardon mm. the pun, and I have a few more than I should. Now, the only other time that I do drink, and I don't do every podcast, is I tend to have two or three bottles once a week whilst I do the podcast. A now, vodka. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Corona. I was, I was on Holston pills. Um, I'm now on the second bottle. It's Corona now, mm. and this is the point where I'm sitting back. It's it's nice. It's it's mm. relaxing, but in the morning I'm not going to mm. feel any worse for it. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's not. If I have, sit here and have eight, nine, ten bottles, then I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, reptile and chill. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just not going to be good for me. But mm. in moderation. It's all good. When it comes to dieting and food, uh, moderation is my strongest point. But we're, we're getting there. Well, I mean, moderate. you talk, talk about moderation. I think if I had eight, nine or ten pints in one night, I wouldn't be getting up the next morning. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, nah, nah, fuck reptile chill. Fuck work. <laughs> <laughs> fuck friends, fuck everybody, fuck everything today. I'm literally having a day it's, it's, it's something, and the listeners are going to love this now. Um, and literally, as per usual, everyone take the piss out of hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yoga, this is something that I'm quite interested in. So I've done bits of meditation. Mm. Um, now, when we say meditation, a lot of people think you're sitting there going hum mm. in the full lotus. And it's, that isn't that isn't what people mean when they say mm. to meditate. Not necessarily. Mm. Um, so I've done bits of meditation yoga is something that does interest me now the thought of me as a 20 stone bloke doing yoga is absolutely <coughs> hilarious ludicrous it'd be funny <laughs> but it's something that I would like to try because the benefits of it seem really good do you want to talk about yeah. the benefits of yoga and what it can do for someone okay so again I'm in, in no way like a specialist or anything like this um, I've only dabbled but it's certainly it's 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 actually really hard, and I, I know there are some amazing stories of people who massively overweight, big health problems, all kinds of horrible things, and when they've not only tried but stuck with yoga, they've had some incredible incredible results. So I think when it comes to getting back in in tune with your body, almost, and there's um. This is going well. It's it's not necessarily yoga, but there's a guy called Edo Portal. Uh, he's done. He was put it this way. He was he was training um, Conor McGregor. He was Conor McGregor's movement coach to train him how to use his body and move in different ways. Uh, yoga helps you kind of like learn how to move and exercise pretty much every single muscle in your body. Um, and I, I've done all sorts of things over the years, all, all sorts of martial arts and stuff like that. And I have to say, whenever I try yoga, it's bloody hard. It's really hard. Yes, yeah, so other thing I do want to talk about was positive thinking and mm-hmm. how we can um, well alter the way we assess situations or maybe new situations. So if you take me and Danny, for example, Danny's the kind of person, um, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, mate, but... Um, mm-hmm. I'll say something and he'll go, nah, fuck that. I ain't mm-hmm. interested. Mm-hmm. Then he comes round to it. Yeah. Because yeah. At, at first maybe it's a change, maybe he doesn't he doesn't understand, but it's nah. 
not interested. No, whereas, I'm quite an anxious person when it yeah. comes to shit like that. And whereas okay. I kind of go, yeah, okay, we'll try it, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Or if it does work, mm-hmm. great. So I always want to push forward. Mm-hmm. And that is a good thing. Sometimes it's not a good thing because we end up doing 47,000 different ideas at once because I'm too excited to do them all. It's um, 50-50 though, isn't it? You know, sometimes you know, it's a, great, a, sometimes it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so have you got any methods or advice on being more positive and thinking more positively okay so um yeah i mean i'm saying to everyone else still got the negative uh, voice inside my head but it's it's kind of how you deal with it so um there's a ton of stuff and i'll try and like uh, give you in a nutshell um so i'm a big believer in having i call them bounce back techniques like um so certain things that you do or that you condition yourself or that you train yourself to do whenever you start to feel negative right Uh, and i'll give you some examples um one of the best things that you can do and we touched on it earlier is is some kind of movement some kind of physical exercise um because i guarantee you whenever you start feeling shit or anything like that if you start doing, let's say, I don't know, 20 star jumps, 20 push-ups, or even started dancing in your kitchen to some music or something, lo and behold, endorphins running around your system, you actually feel better. So sometimes when you're feeling like shit or you're dealing with negative thoughts, sometimes you can't think your way out of it, if that makes sense. Sometimes we think that we just need to think more and we'll somehow feel better. Whereas <clears throat> in actual fact, one of the best hacks is some kind of physical movement, some kind of physical exercise. You know, because literally... I get that. Um, mm. Me and Danny spend a lot of time on the road uh, with our jobs, travelling up and down the country. Mm. And when the day's going shit, the traffic's there, and I feel like I'm just staring at tarmac, mm-hmm. I just put silly songs on. And to be honest, songs, yeah. me and Danny do this all the time. When Danny can actually sing, I can't sing for shit. <laughs> but we record ourselves singing along, and we send it to each other. But we might do, like, I don't know, three or four words, and then Danny will finish it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, you know, so stuff like mm. this. And just, just being, being silly and being a little bit hyperactive mm. just for a bit, just just fucking taste the edge off it. Perfect. You know I mean? Really, really good. So I think it's, it's different for everyone. But I think whatever you do, if you almost have a uh, write down everything that makes you feel good, like listening to a favorite song, talking to a friend, talking to a loved one, uh, you know, certain form of exercise, dancing in your kitchen, whatever. Write all those things down uh, and then literally have those in your arsenal. So whenever you do start to feel negative, start to feel like shit or whatever, um, you can kind of implement those bounce back techniques straight away. There's actually a really good, um, we did a, an episode on our podcast recently called Action is is the Antidote or Action is the uh answer and what i meant by that is a lot of times when we get anxious or caught up in overthinking something we're overthinking but we're underacting Mm -hmm. and action literally is the fucking answer you know oftentimes a lot of the thoughts we have in our heads are the same fucking thoughts they go around again and again and again um you know whereas in sometimes it's like taking some form of action if you, if you want to have a chat with someone, have that fucking chat. If, you know, if you've got some kind of problem, deal with the fucking problem, you, you know, and there's a, there's another, um, 
uh, way I think of it is, you know, the, the phrase fear. Um, so face it, embrace it, act on it, release or repeat, mm -hmm. right? And I, we, did, we did a great um, episode with a bunch of uh, Royal Marine commandos. And they were talking about, like, you know, war situations and people getting shot and killed and so on. But what was really interesting, because we were all talking about personal development and, like, you know, how to overcome negative thinking, this, that, and the other. And there were so many commonalities and so many kind of similarities. And I said to them, I said, well, what's the difference, guys, between most people who kind of um, talk about, you know, these kind of self-improvement things and, and you guys, you're talking the same language, but what is the difference um, between the people who just talk about it and those guys? And, and for them, it was, it was just training. That was it. It was, it was the training. It was maintaining good physical health and a good mental attitude. And also they, they said one thing, which was um, exposure equals composure, right? And what they mean by that is the more you're exposed to stress, right? It, it's a bit like the, the kind of what doesn't kill, uh, <laughs> kill you makes you stronger, apart from bears, bears will kill you, you know? <laughs> um, so, it's, so it's kind of like conditioning yourself to, um, of how you deal with certain things. It's, it's learning how to break bad mental habits and replace them with, with better ones. But it's, it's different for everyone. But I certainly say start with coming up with some bounce back techniques for yourself. And also look at your routine. Look at how you're spending your time. Uh, and oftentimes, um, you know, when you get to the root of a problem, when you get to the root of someone's reality, it's like, okay, it can, it can be simple things. It can be uh, diet, nutrition, sleep, hydration, uh, and then, you know, a myriad of other kind of problems or, you know, work problems, whatever. But it's, it's like, in terms of constants in life, no matter what is going on around you, as long as first things first, and the first things first is you look after your, your health over and above all things. So, so for me, that's what I found. It's actually drilling down on some of the, the basics and that is consistency in, in self-care you know in sleep nutrition diet exercise fun as well as you said there dan it's just like even fucking having fun because one of the things i've been guilty of and this is one of the reasons why i started doing the podcast was i was definitely very guilty of being a a workaholic and and kind of just almost forgetting to do all the fun things you know and mm -hmm. i was like why how the fuck did i get here and it's yeah. just like you yeah i think that's about um Obviously, a lot of our listeners know that I've started getting into wall camping and outdoorsy stuff. And even when I can't get out on a Sunday morning, I like to get up at ridiculous o'clock and go for a walk. And when it's half five, it's dark and it's raining and I look outside. No, mm -hmm. I ain't doing it. You know what I mean? And, but then you get your boots on, you get ready. And, you know, I, I literally I take, I take my pack with me. I've got a tarp in there. Um, you know, so I've got a bit of shelter, I've got a gas stove, a frying pan, you know, some bacon, sausage, eggs, black pudding, whatever, you know, some stuff to make a drink with. And I do a walk and I get halfway around and I put the tarp up so the rain doesn't kill me. And I just sit and I cook breakfast. Mm -hmm. And I'm in the middle mm -hmm. of nowhere. Occasionally I see a squirrel. The last time I did it, I had a random dog come sit next to me. Don't know whose dog it was, couldn't tell mm -hmm. you. <laughs> um, but he had a bit of sausage, and away he went. Um, blankly, yeah. blankly used me. I thought he wanted to be my friend. He didn't. He just wanted feeding. Um, 
But, you know, but then at that point, it's great. The sun's starting to come up. I'm having a bit of food and I'm sitting there and it's quiet. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, and then you kind of like pack your stuff up, you finish your walk. I get home. At this point, it's probably nine o'clock in the morning. Everyone else is starting to get out of bed. I felt like I've achieved so much and I'm mm. positive and I, f- I feel good about the day. Mm. Mm. Mate, so. I, I feel good listening to that story about you, you doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, 100, 100% with you on that. And it's that's it's a great example of how do you feel after you've done it? How do you feel after you've you've got yourself out of bed? You've got you've gone for that walk. And yeah, there, there's something magical about mornings in, in nature, you know, just as the sun's coming up and the, the whether it's cold kind of morning and the, the world is warming up and waking up, I love it. Well, um, well hopefully soon, if uh, all being well with what we've been talking about, there might be the opportunity for us to go for a half five in the morning walk together with some other people at some point. That sounds like a plan. It does, doesn't it? So do you want to talk about our possible future collaboration before we kick you off into abundance? Sure, yes. So uh, we have been... Uh, as you know, I've, I've been on it, you guys, for ages saying, I think it'd be a great idea for us to do something together. And um, so I've been thinking somewhere relatively close, maybe. Like maybe somewhere Europe, maybe Morocco, who knows. Um, but do a nice, short, easy introduction to herping. Um, go out, look for some vipers, go out, look for some cobras. Mm-hmm. Um, that depends where we go, of course. Um, but like a nice little intro to herping. And again, the whole point of it, it's just getting a, a load of people with the same interest, good friends, good mates, um, out in nature, out in the wild. Because um, again, as well, it's for me, the hobby is kind of, it's intrinsically kind of linked to the natural world and, and conservation and stuff like this. And as much as I love keeping animals, for me, nothing, nothing beats seeing them in their natural habitat, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being out there. And it's it's such a, a magical feeling. And that, the to be able to inspire people, um, you know, just just by taking them out in nature, um, that's, and it's kind of like, uh, you know, ripples in a pond, you know. I always say never underestimate the kind of impact you can have on any one person. And... Uh, for me it's like it's fireside chats man it's, it's it's literally it's just this kind of stuff but we're you know we're around a fire we've had a good days helping or whatever. um and it's it's magical and that's what life is all about so yeah let's make it happen oh, yeah, cool. if anyone wants to come your, along let us, let us know your signal has just gone down the fucking swan eh? has it yeah you sound like r2 good, did, so. <laughs> just that last little bit it was audible um but yeah, but if there's anyone that is listening to the show that would like to come away for four or five days with one of us reprobates um, looking for some animals and just generally having a good time, then get in touch and let us know. Um, obviously, we haven't got any we haven't got any dates. We don't necessarily know where we're going at the moment. Um, we're going to leave that all down to the capable hands of Paul. Um, but it's something that I I know I definitely am interested in doing. Um, so, yeah, get in touch if you are interested. Or if you are interested in any other of the you know, the trips that uh, Paul does organise. He does Costa Rica, Madagascar. Oh, God, just list, list, list the places where you've got trips at the moment, mate. Okay, so literally most popular destinations, Ecuador, Galapagos, uh, Madagascar, Costa Rica, uh, India, Morocco, 
name it. Um, we, we do do all over the world, but certainly the ones I've just listed are uh, some of the most popular ones, yeah. All right, okay, hmm. cool. All right, so I suppose that is about it for this week um, because I think, um, well, I think, your next door neighbours hogging all your Wi-Fi up, mate, because you you sound like R two D. So yeah, um, something I've just noticed Yeah, yeah. But um, so we'll leave it there for this week, as I, I think we're well over the threshold anyway. Um, but it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. Um, I've got a lot of time for you. Obviously, the lot of stuff we do, <coughs> mental health, um, and all this personal development stuff that you do with your own podcast is absolutely fantastic. We're definitely behind you with all of that that you do. And the fact that you like reptiles as well, it's just a match made in heaven. So <laughs> I, I know I'm looking forward to it. I know Danny is. And I suppose mm-hmm. we'll speak on behalf of Mike, who's not here. Mm-hmm. Um, but thanks for giving us the opportunity to work with you. And we'll hear from you shortly. Fantastic. And thank, thanks for having me, guys. We're really uh, looking forward to coming on uh, the podcast. And, uh, yeah, of course, really looking forward to uh, getting out in the world with you guys uh, and uh, some of you. To be a fan as well at some point in the future. So thanks again, guys. It's okay, been, cool. been a pleasure. Right, stay on the line for just two seconds. So for all that have enjoyed this week's episode, thank you for listening. Please head on over to Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube at the handle of Reptile and Chill and check our social networking out. If you want to help support the podcast, then please head on over to reptileandchill.com. Look at our hoodies and T-shirts for sale. Danny is in the process of putting some new designs up very shortly. Nudist um, designs? No, new designs. You can oh, put okay. you can put nudist designs up if you want. Yeah, I'm totally up for it. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> so that is about it for this week. And just before we go, two things, Paul. How can people get in touch with you? Okay, so uh, the website uh, www.gstravelswildlifetours.com. Uh, or even just find me on Facebook, Paul Greg Smith, G R E I G. Paul Greg Smith, send me a, a direct message, or Greg Smith Travels on uh, Instagram. Right then. And then oh, of course, the Personal Development Essentials podcast as well on all good. Uh, also, and we will put the we will put the links. <laughs> we will put all the links up for that in the description as well. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right then, so that is it for this week. And one last thing, Paul. Yeah. I love you. Bye. Love you, bye. Love you. Love you. Love you. No, love you. Love you. Yes. (laughs) Here's the thing about new cherry vanilla Coke. Though cherries named first, all the flavors taste just as great. I mean, it could have just as easily been vanilla cherry Coke, or it could have been Coke cherry vanilla. And since it's two amazing flavors of Coke, it might have been Coke vanilla cherry Coke or cherry vanilla Coke Coke. <clears throat> Unless you're in France, which would make it Le Coke de la Vanilla de la Cherry de la Creme. New Cherry Vanilla Coke, so good together. And New Cherry Vanilla Coke Zero Sugar, same great taste, zero sugar.